0: Back on Dale Carter's America with Kurt Wheeler. I am Dale, and today we're going to be talking about what's behind Warp Speed 2.0 and the latest drama from the Jackson County Legislature. All that just ahead on Dale Carter's America.
1: From the heart flyover
0: country. He's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. Well, since last we spoke, Kurt knows this. Many of you do as well uh, from all of the congratulations I got on social media, but I got married. And you have the ring to prove it. I have the ring. I'm wearing the ring. She's wearing rings as well. Um, We got married on January 6th. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, there's two ways you can look at that. Beautiful anniversary. Yeah, it's like, um, okay, we had January 6th, which I wasn't crazy about in terms of the attack on the Capitol. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, But look at the positive thing. I got married, and that's my wedding anniversary.
1: Right. Well, now you can say, going forward, you can say, you know, how much of a fan you are of January 6th. You can just troll everybody every year and be like, I can't wait for January 6th. It's my favorite day of the year. That's one way to look at it. Okay. That is what we
0: call the glass half full
1: way to look at it. The glass half
0: empty is, man, you think the attack on the Capitol was bad? Yeah, right. I got married on January 6th. Oh, boy. Well, we're still in the honeymoon phase. <laughs> Everything's right. going okay, right? Yeah. And you're getting married.
1: I am. Next on week? Saturday. This Saturday. This Saturday? Yeah. Three days. Two days from now. Wow. Yeah. Any
0: jitters? Oh, yeah. For sure. Now, this is your first time. This is yeah my third. I'm I'm a vet. I, what I'm telling people is third times a charm and all that. Figured I got all the all my weirdness out, all of my wild oats sown. You know, almost sixty. It's like now I'm looking for somebody to take care of me when I start drooling on myself. Right. Okay. <laughs> but you're still a young stud. Hopefully, I don't start drooling on myself anytime soon. Yeah. So. So just take a deep breath. She's a lovely woman, and you guys are going to have a wonderful life
1: together. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. And you guys have met, and she's uh, she listens to the podcast, and she's she's a fan. So, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate all of the all of the support from everyone, and and we'll see how it goes. And we're going to the Chiefs on Sunday too, which I, oh, I told yeah. you about that.
0: Well, you know, we're hopefully we're going to have a big game. 12 and a half point favorites over the Steelers, which is an enormous point spread for a playoff game. Almost so enormous that it scares me. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see which uh,
1: which Chiefs team shows up. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so back to January 6th, because obviously the Democrats are making a big deal out of it because they don't have a whole lot else. And, you know, I heard something I thought was really good. It's like they've made such a big deal out of january 6th and the speeches at the capitol yada 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 it's like they're baiting donald trump to get into this thing yeah because it's all they have they've got to get donald trump to run because any republican beats joe biden by 40 states
1: yeah yeah they're baiting him into running and they're also baiting him into involving himself in the in the january 6th you know committee or investigation or or what have you and uh I posted about this on the Facebook page Dale, at Dale Carter's America on Facebook, but he went on with NPR and did an interview with NPR. And it's like, dude, why are you doing that? Like, that's such a dumb idea. First of all, I mean, they're clearly against you. They're, they've are they been telling lies about the the election and about January 6th and about COVID and everything else this whole time. Do you really think they're going to be fair? Do you really think they're going to ask you honest questions? And then the headline was, I guess he, I didn't listen to it, but I guess he got up and just ended the right. interview or something like that. And so it's like why I mean why even do it in the first place? And the reason is because he loves the attention, you know. He wants he wants to be the, the under the spotlight. He's he a wants,
0: megalomaniac, you know that,
1: right? Well, yeah, he wants to be the center of attention, so you know, if somebody if somebody asks him to do an interview, he's going to more than likely say yes, even when he shouldn't. You know, Would he come
0: on our podcast?
1: I don't know. We, we should reach out. Does anyone have Donald Trump's uh, cell phone number out there? We can give him a call. Let's try. You know,
0: th- there are people who know people and we could get the former president to come on. I mean, I'd love to have him on. I know you would as
1: well. We'll certainly be friendlier to him than NPR will. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Well, because we agree with him on what he did, you know, in terms of the policies and all that. And that's, I I have, at my advanced age, been able to look beyond the personalities and all this shit and just look at what the policies are. And if you can pull back all the layers and get rid of Twitter and you see just what Donald Trump did, and we're going to get into that when we talk about Warp Speed 2.0, you'll see that what he did was great for the country. And what we're going through now is a debacle. Is not... This makes Jimmy Carter look like Ronald Reagan, uh, which is just uh, diametrically opposed. Um, but primetime hearings for January 6th, you on board for that? No. That's what they want. I mean, they got to keep this thing front and center. Yeah. So now they want to do primetime hearings because the country cares so much. Here, Here's a clue for the Democrats. The country
1: doesn't give a shit about this. Right. They want to move on. Right. And it's kind of, uh, we've talked about this uh, Related to many topics, but it's kind of, you almost want them to steer into it. It's almost good for us. You know, I think. So stay out of the way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the old saying, if your enemy is, you know, making a fool of themselves, don't stop them or however the saying goes. But I think at this point, they're just preaching to the choir. You know, the people who are already outraged about January 6th are, are they already have their mind made up. They're not convincing anybody new by doing all of this, you know, super clown show, you know, uh, committee hearings and, and high profile, you know, entertainment that they're turning this into. I don't think they're really changing anyone's mind. If anything, they're just exposing themselves for their own hypocrisy and their own, you know, uh, partisan agenda. So, uh, I mean, the only downside to it, you could say is that it's just, it's taking away from other things that that actually matter, you know, in terms of the the legislative uh, schedule and uh, agenda and, uh, you know, all of that. But Less they do,
0: the, the more I like it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I like it when they do less. One of my friends on the other side sent me a note and said, we just have to get to the bottom of this. We have to find out what happened. I mean, I don't need hearings for that. I know what happened. There were a group of people who were pissed about, again, not the big lie, not that Donald Trump actually won the election, What they were pissed about was that states changed their election law because of, quote unquote, COVID. And we're going to get to that here with Warp Speed 2.0 outside the legislative process. And they were pissed and they wanted to show their First Amendment rights to protest. Did they take it too far? They absolutely took it too far.
1: End of discussion. Right. That's what happened. And then there's other aspects to it as well that we should get to the bottom of that, the the committee doesn't seem to really care about. You know, they're they're focusing on private text messages and phone calls where people are like, oh, this looks really bad. Trump should say something about it. And th- as if that's some kind of smoking gun. You know, oh Sean Hannity texted somebody and said this looks bad. That's like a sign that, you know, he's colluding or whatever. It's it's totally nothing. Meanwhile, we have you know, real evidence that there were potentially, uh, federal assets, FBI assets that were involved in January 6th. We had just the other day or just yesterday, I believe it was Ted Cruz in the Senate hearing asking about Ray Epps, who is this guy who is on camera on January 5th saying, we need to charge into the Capitol. We need to go into the Capitol and everyone chanting that he was a fed. And then on Saturday, uh, or on January 6th, rather, whatever day that was, he he tells people to, to go into the Capitol and they break through the barricade. This guy was on the FBI watch list and then magically he was taken off of the watch list. And so there's questions about that too. There's questions about, you know, uh, were there federal informants involved in stoking up January six and, and making it into what it, to what it was, you know, there's also questions about the Capitol police. Why were the Capitol police so uh, ill-equipped to deal with the situation on January six? Why were they, you know, uh, understaffed? Why were they told to stand down? Why did they let people into the building? Uh, All of these things, you know, but the, the committee doesn't seem to be concerned about any of those things. They're only concerned about what's going to make Republicans and Donald Trump look bad. It's totally partisan and it's obviously partisan. And that's why I think, you know, we should just let them shoot themselves in the foot at this point.
0: Must see TV. We'll see how that all works out. I'm skipping around one note here in the news segment to get to Cruz since you mentioned uh, Ted Cruz from Texas. We are 298 days away from the midterms, which also ties into Warp Speed 2.0. I'm just teasing that. We're going to get there eventually. Uh, but Ted Cruz floated the idea of when Republicans take charge, impeaching Joe Biden. You know, okay, there's two ways to look at that. And, and I, I tend to dismiss that. It's like, okay, don't do that, it's a bad idea let's move on with what's important for the country, which is getting this COVID thing behind us, getting our economy moving again. Um, If it's tit for tat, if it's like, well, you impeached our guy twice, so now we're going to impeach you. I mean, that's seventh grade stuff that happens on a playground. If there are impeachable offenses, and I know one of the folks down in Texas has filed impeachment articles already before the Republicans take over, because he's saying that Biden is abrogating his... Uh, responsibility to keep the borders safe yep. if there's an impeachable offense yes file an impeachment thing but to go in there and say okay you guys did it for all the wrong reasons so now we have control tit for tat we're going to impeach your guy
1: right but that's i mean i don't think that's why they're doing it i think that's a very cynical way of looking at it i mean it the fact is that there are plenty of things that could be seen as impeachable offenses by the president. I mean, if you look at, like you said, the, his handling of the border, if you look at the OSHA mandates, which are unconstitutional and are being challenged in the courts right, right. now, if you look at his even his personal dealings with uh, the Ukraine and with China and all of these things that came out with the Hunter Biden laptop that nobody is talking about still, uh, and, and many more, you know, it, it just... Impeachment is, at the end of the day, it is a political procedure. It's not like you know, you're not being tried by a jury and, and you know, convicted of a crime or something like that, that happens after impeachment. Right. So it really is a political decision, but I do believe that there are many things that, you know, uh, match the, or, or at least meet or exceed the, the qualification for impeachment. And the other side of that is true too, because we need to think about both sides. The one side is what you're presenting that oh, we can't just impeach because of anything. We can't just impeach because they impeached our guy. So we should impeach their guy. The other side of that is that if presidents repeatedly commit impeach- impeachable offenses and repeatedly increase their power and increase the power of the the bureaucratic state with no consequences, and they, they get away with it, then we're just, we're creating further precedent for that to happen in the future. You know, so I'm not totally sold on either, but I don't think it should just be dismissed.
0: Well, let's see where it goes. Let's, first of all, unlike, you know, kind of like the Chiefs and the Steelers, let's don't count the fact that we've won before we've won here in 298 days. And then, you know, think about this long and hard. Make this something that is hard. Make it a high bar. Um, and let's not get into, okay, well, the, you know, the Senate and the House are this party, the president's this party, so we're going to impeach because it's what we do. And so we're going to get into that kind of a cycle. And every time we're going to be dealing with something like that, that's not the kind of country that I want to live in.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I think that's uh, sadly almost inevitable at this point, especially if it's a Republican president with a Democrat uh, Congress. I mean, you have to anticipate that based on what they tried to impeach Trump for that they're probably going to try and impeach every Republican president well, Keep in mind, though, they're,
0: they're about to lose their ass in this midterm, and impeachment may be part of it. Yeah. Okay, it could be the country saying, eh, we, we don't want to go through this. Right. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Think long and hard uh, before these kinds of things happen, and let's don't count our chickens uh, before they hatch. And do you really want to impeach and remove Joe Biden? Think about what's behind him.
1: Right, but again, it's just, uh, I guess it's a, uh it's kind of the difference between the practical argument and the ideological or, you know, um, theoretical argument or whatever you want to call it, because yeah, Kamala Harris is bad, but I mean, Joe Biden is bad, you know, like he's already doing terrible. Let's write things. it out.
0: Let's just write it out at this point. Give him a Republican Congress so we can't do a whole lot. Yeah. And, and let's get our country back. That, yeah. That's where I'm coming. From, I mean, anyway.
1: I, I really yeah. just to close this out. I mean, I, I really can see both sides of it. I'm not particularly sold one way or the other. So, yeah, like you said, we'll see what happens. All right. in the what mid-term. do you think
0: about big meat? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Joe Biden has taken on big meat. Inflation's now at a 40-year high, and Joe Biden has singled out meat. Yeah, he's really... He's really sticking it to big meat. Exactly. I mean, I I don't know if you can find this clip or not that we could insert this, but I was watching this and he's, first of all, he's in that, that mock-up of the White House. Why they put him over there, I don't know. Maybe they don't let him go in the, in the real part of the White House, yeah. but he's in this mock-up area and he's talking about some relative he had and looking at life through a skylight in a window and all of a sudden we get to... The price of hamburger meat is now like $5 a pound. Right. How did that happen?
2: If we can hold a second, I was just, I was telling the, my colleagues earlier in my office that I was sitting in my kitchen yesterday and there's a sunroom off the kitchen and my wife was there with her sister and a good friend named Marianne and she was saying, do you realize it's over $5 for a pound of hamburger meat? $5?
1: All, all I have to say is you shouldn't use insert and big meat in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joey B
0: is taken on big meat, and obviously they're the problem. Um, inflation continues to be a problem. We're at a 40-year high in inflation. Labor Department, by the way, this just came out, projected an increase in first-time unemployment at 215,000 folks filing. It was actually 230,000. And again, against a backdrop of we have ten and a half million job openings. Yeah. And employers begging people to come back. Yeah. Raising salaries to unheard of, uh to to giving them uh incentives to, to come back to work. Ten and a half million job openings and two hundred thirty thousand more people filed for first time unemployment. And I think we're probably at we're well over a million in ongoing unemployment benefits.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's just it's crazy. Are you uh, are you familiar with Mike Rowe?
0: I am Dirty Jobs. Dirty Jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I was listening to an interview with him yesterday, and I mean, he is just so on point with all of this stuff. And and he's well, talking. he's a boomer too. Yeah, but I mean, he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he. I mean, he's great, and he he's really uh, I think on message with the whole situation with all of these jobs that are available and the labor shortage and all of this because there's just no focus on skills anymore. You know, there's a a huge skills gap. And he talks about that. He talks about how, you know, shop class is just like an afterthought now in high school, where as before, you know, many decades ago, or even as recently as 20 years ago, you know, you could actually go through like a, a skills track in high school. You could actually go through like a trades track or just go to trade school, not go to college. And, uh, you know all of these jobs that are available a lot of them are labor centric or trade centric jobs you know plumbers electricians hvac uh truck drivers you know all things like that transportation mm. um shipping and and those are all things that you don't need to go to college for and it's just uh i think we have this idea that in order to get a good job in order to be successful you have to go to college and you have to become educated First of all, educate you know, higher education is a joke now, anyways. But, life is education.
0: Yeah, I've been debunking this for a very long time, and there's there's no sin in going to a trade school and learning something. Um, another track is going in the military. I mean, that's an option where you can learn all kinds of great life skills and 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 move through your life. You're right. I mean, because what we've done now is we've brainwashed an entire generation that the only value you have is to go to college run up a lot of student loan debt, and now we're on the other side of that, and the left is like, well, we need to excuse all this student loan debt. Right. Who pays for that? Right. Taxpayers are going to end up paying for that. And then if that happens, inflation happens in college too, the The cost of going to college is going to go through the roof, and they're going to continue this cycle of the only value you can bring to life is if you have a four-year degree. By the way, I have a four-year degree. It's in so history I. and political science. And I don't use it in my job because I play Garth Brooks records on the air. And I don't need a political science and or history degree to do that. And I've been doing this job since I was 15.
1: So I didn't need a college degree in order to do it. Yep. And I have have a four-year undergrad degree and a master's degree in music. Well, then you're smarter than me. Well, yeah, maybe. But... I mean, I would say that not because of the college degree. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's really true. And there's there's a, a great meme that has you know made its rounds several times where it's like this guy who is uh, sitting at a laptop and he's like stressed out with a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. it says, "I got a four year degree and I have two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt and my electricity is broken, so I'm at the coffee shop applying for jobs." And then next to it is a picture of an electrician and he's like. I went to a two-year trade school. I'm fixing your electricity, and I'm making $120,000 exactly, year or something like that. It's true. You know, true. So.
0: You know uh, the only thing I can say is, is I went to a state school. I paid my way all the way through. Didn't have the massive student loan debt. You know, and I know people look down their nose at me because I went to a school didn't have a football team mm-hmm. and a Division II basketball team. But you know, at least I, I I finished. I got my degree. I used to get invited to places to uh, talk to their broadcast students like Northwest or University of Central Missouri, or I don't get invited anymore because I'd get those kids in and I would be asking, you know, what what are you studying here? Most of them were radio, TV majors, yada, yada, yada. And I would tell them, um, I would go to your advisor and get out of that major and go become a business major. Mm -hmm. Because if you insist on going to a four-year college, you should really get something out of it that you can use. Right. And, and they, stopped they, probably, in, yeah. they
1: stopped inviting me to come back and talk to their students. I don't <laughs> Dale's know. going in there telling them, hey, you should probably drop out. Yeah. And then they stopped inviting him. Oh, um, it's figure. the <laughs>
0: end of the world as we know it, by the way. I don't know if you know this, but a skyscraper-sized asteroid will pass within 1.2 million miles of Earth this weekend. 1.2 million miles is relatively close in space terms. That doesn't
1: sound very close. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it's it's relatively close. How, how, how close is the moon is like six hundred thousand miles or something like that. Five hundred yeah, thousand miles. I would
0: have to look that up, Google that. Um, but this asteroid is gonna like come back around. It won't be this close for another two hundred years and you will be able to observe it this weekend with a small telescope. You're you're Googling it as we're doing the podcast. How
1: far away is the moon? When the moon is the farthest away it's two hundred and fifty two thousand miles away. So another million miles away is yeah, where this so
0: asteroid is going to be. Yeah. So I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, but you can take a look at it and, and see. All right. You ready to get into the meat of all this big let's, meat?
1: Let's get into the big meat. Yeah. It's my new
0: nickname for Kurt. <laughs> big meat. Okay. Um, uh, take warp that Warp Speed 2.0. We know, and the Democrats know, that they're about to lose their ass in the midterm. 298 days away. Not that I'm counting as we record this. <laughs> But opera, Operation Warp Speed, we've talked about this before, was President Trump saying, okay, we've got this COVID thing. What do you guys need? What do you need? We're going to clear the decks. We're, here I'm doing the hand signals just like Trump. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: do it as well as you do. But no, you got to come in. Unfortunately, this is not a video podcast, yeah. but you have to start, you start got, out you, you, you do, come in. Uh, Uh, index finger to thumb with the other three fingers out and then you start out and then you come into the middle (laughs) and then you do the point across. (laughs) Well, Operation Warp Speed was essentially
0: clearing the decks so that we could get the vaccines going, get the hospitals what they needed, you know, basically get get government out of the way. It's like, what government things are in your way that we can remove so that you can get this done? That was Operation Warp Speed. We got the vaccine quicker than anybody ever thought we would get it. And, and, and you know the rest is history on that. Warp Speed 2.0 is the Democrats' realization that they have a very small window of time to change this country to the far left. Very small amount of time, and it's running out day by day. So the president with COVID, inflation, supply chain issues, crime going through the ceiling, has focused on the voting rights thing. And they've got John Lewis's name on it because they're trying to make it uh, some big uh, civil rights issue. And essentially what they're doing, we've talked about it before, is they want to codify the emergency measures that were put in place during COVID. They want to make that the rule of the day, that uh, ballot harvesting can go on uh, and really lower the bar on being able to vote, and the safety of voting, the security of voting. Am I right? Yes. Good. Okay, so Joe Biden goes down to Georgia, unlike Charlie Daniels and the Devil went down to Georgia, it was Joe Biden went down to Georgia, and he made himself a big old fire and brimstone
1: speech. Yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, most of it, not the whole thing. And if
0: you don't agree with him, if you don't agree with codifying the emergency measures put in place well, you're as bad as the Confederates who basically tried to tear this country in half. You're Jefferson Davis reincarnate.
1: Yeah, and he literally did say that. We'll drop the clip right here.
2: But as an institutionalist, I believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, We have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Today, I'm making it clear to protect our democracy. I support changing the Senate rules, whichever way they need to be changed to prevent a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. (laughs) When it comes to protecting majority rule, in America, the majority should rule in the United States Senate. I make this announcement with careful deliberation, recognizing the fundamental right to vote as a right from which all other rights flow. Here's one thing every senator, every American should remember. History has never been kind to those who sided with voter suppression over voters' rights. And it would be even be less kind for those who sided with election subversion. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide. To defend our elections, to defend our democracy.
0: <clears throat> 52 senators don't agree with him. Two of them are Democrats. So it's not like, you know, there's like this ground swell that we have to do this. Members of his own party don't agree with him.
1: Yeah, and he also said that we should, that the Senate should change the rules to get rid of the filibuster if necessary. In order to yeah, in order to pass well, I this talk legislation, about that.
0: because you know um, Mitch McConnell, who is the Republican leader, would be the majority leader if the Republicans take back the Senate. He served with Senator Joe Biden. Senator Joe Biden was always thought to be a moderate, in the middle, somebody you could get a deal done with, somebody who was a practical politician, not an ideologue on the far left. And McConnell says. I don't recognize Senator Joe Biden. Right. This is not Senator Joe Biden. Whoever President Joe Biden has become is not Senator Joe Biden. And now Barack Obama, the former president, uh, he's back in the play to carve out the filibuster just for this bill. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's get this bill passed and downriver consequences be damned. And he is, he's like the poster child for. Downriver consequences be damned. I mean, look at what he did. How many Democrats had to walk the plank so that we could get Obamacare codified? And then they all lost their seats. And, of course, Republicans didn't do anything about it. Uh, And so here we are again. It's that same cycle. And you've talked about this before. They get what they can. Okay. Operation 2.0 for warp speed. Get everything we can. And we know there are going to be consequences in 298 days, but we don't care.
1: Well, and they also know that the Republicans aren't realistically going to do anything about it. I mean, the, the trend, unfortunately, with government across the board is that once they take power, it's very, it's very rare that they give yeah. it up. And that goes for COVID, that goes for the voting measures themselves. I mean, you know, let's just be frank here. This has nothing to do with the right to vote or protecting voting uh, access or anything like that and everything to do with winning elections. They know that they are going to get more Democrat votes if they institutionalize these temporary rules that were put in place, uh, uh, in many cases unconstitutionally and illegitimately for the 2020 election, that if they do that, they'll get more Democrat votes and and they'll enshrine their power in the federal government. That is all this is about. The ends justify the means, and all of this stuff about you know it's racist Jefferson Davis the confederacy it's all just bs it's all scare tactics and you know it's it's interesting because like you said with the filibuster i mean joe biden when he was a senator had the exact opposite message he right. said that we shouldn't end the filibuster because then we'll have pure majority rule now he's saying well the majority of the country you know should be the voice of the country which is just not the case that's not how our government works and um yeah. I mean, it's just, again, it's the ends justify the means and whatever they can do to to enshrine their powers. Well, and the founding do.
0: fathers set up this government in such a beautiful way. And we've talked about it many times with our bicameral legislature that you've got proportional representation in the house of representatives where things can get done quickly, majority rules there, and then it simmers down a little bit in the Senate. So if we're going to take away the rules and
1: make both of the bodies, you know, majority, why do we even need a Senate? What, what would be the point? Yeah, why do we even need a Congress, honestly? I mean, the, the so, so much of the legislation is being done in the executive branch now through the various departments and agencies. It's very rare that Congress really passes any bills, like real bills that have, you know, an impact on spending or, or policy or anything like that. I mean, most of the policies... Are coming out of the the executive branch. I mean, look at the OSHA mandates. Look at the, the all the vaccine mandates that we have at the at the federal level. None of them came out of Congress. You know, so um, why even have a Congress? What, what's the point? I mean, it seems like all they're really doing is you know making committees about. X, Y, Z thing, which never leads to anything. January 6th. Yeah. They're making committees about that. And then senators will go into hearings and and they'll yell at somebody, you know, in a hearing they'll yell at Dr. Fauci or they're, they'll yell at, you know, uh, whoever is on the stand, they'll yell at Mark Zuckerberg and say, Oh, how does that Facebook thing work again? Well, how does my, you know, and then nothing happens. So, uh, you know, what's the point really? And, and that that's extremely cynical, uh, perspective, but it's just, bringing attention to the reality that our government doesn't work anywhere close to the way that it's supposed to work.
0: Very dysfunctional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens in 298 days. But in the meantime, you can bet that the Democrats are going to do everything they can to squeak out every ounce of power. And then you know what they'll do? If, if they get rid of the filibuster, which I'm very hopeful with Manchin and Cinema, they won't be able to do that. If they do that, you know when the republicans take power they'll do it too yep and chuck schumer will whine and cry like it's
1: the end of the world as we know it yep they'll pull they'll pull the donald trump judicial appointments after harry reid changed the filibuster for judicial appointments then like, you know, two years after that, Donald Trump came in and appoint- and had a record number of appointments to the federal uh, judiciary. So that'll happen again.
0: Well, the left says we have no solution. So I thought we could do a little bit of flashcard stuff here. Nothing really written out here about the four major issues that we have going on. And really, you could you could have a fifth. You could say uh, the border is, is a fifth. I don't know why I missed that one. But let's say that the the, the five big issues right now are COVID, inflation, Supply chain, crime, and the border. Fair number? Fair sure. list? Okay. So um, uh, voting rights, not one of them. No. I, th- I think that you and I would agree that that if you want to vote in an election, first of all, it's not a right. It's a
1: privilege. I was just going to talk about that.
0: Privilege can be taken away. Okay. Uh, have you ever had in your short life, I know in my longer life, I have not had a problem voting
1: when I wanted to vote in an election. Yeah. Totally. And and this is a great point, And I'm glad that you brought this up because first of all, there's the, the, again, going back to the dichotomy of the practical versus the ideological, the practical side of it is like, show me one person who has been eligible to vote, who has been stopped from voting ever. Like, can, can anyone name an example of that? It's so easy to vote. It's, but now more than ever, you have mail-in voting, you have absentee voting, you have early voting. I mean, if you want to vote, and you don't vote, it's nobody's fault but your own. Nobody's stopping you from voting. But the, the fact that they're even saying that, you know, they're saying that, oh, there's these voter suppression bills in all these states, it's just BS. There's no suppression of voting. It's, in fact, it's probably too easy to vote. We need to make it harder to vote, not easier to vote, because of all of these ways that people are voting that are not uh, accountable, you know, that there's no transparency, there's no voter ID, we don't even know who's voting. And then the other side of it is the, the more, uh, base like philosophical ideological argument, which is again, going back to that Joe Biden speech, he's talking about voting rights, which is just an oxymoron he's and he, in his speech specifically, I'll try and find the clip, but he says that voting is the the right. That is the precursor to all other rights. And that is such an interesting argument to me because first of all, voting is not a right It's a privilege. As you said, there's no right to vote. Nowhere in the constitution, nowhere any of the founders said that. But there is a foundational right that is a precursor to all the other rights. And that right is called life. True. (laughs) And Joe Biden as president has expressed positions that are very antithetical to that right. He is not a pro-life president. And so I think it's really interesting. It's almost like whoever wrote that speech put that language in there deliberately to like as like to turn the wrench you know because it's not a right and there is a right that is a precursor to all the others and it's life and he doesn't support it
0: all right well let's fix the country let's pretend that that you and i are running things we've got a republican congress and all that how would we fix COVID? what would we do at this point with everything that has happened it's 2022 we're almost three years down line from all this uh what would we do differently
1: you want to know what I would do? What would you do? I would completely ignore it. I would stop testing. I would end all of the mandates. I would completely 100% go back to normal and I would ignore COVID. I would never talk about it ever again. I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's not going to happen as long as these jokers are running things because they've they politicized it, right? So uh, yeah. Okay. I'm on board with that. We're going to do this fast. Um, inflation, 40 year high. How do I'll, we let fix inflation? Take, I'll let you take not to fix inflation. Yeah. Oh, that's easy too. stop injecting trillions of monopoly dollars into this economy. That, that that's got to be first and foremost, because that's jacking everything up. Right. And then it gets back to
1: covid. Stop monkeying around with covid. Get back to Kurt's deal. Ignore it. I mean, I th- that, isn't it funny how like so many of these problems can be solved by just ignoring them? It's really staying true. out of the way. Yeah. You know, again, I get back to none of these
0: guys, including the president of the United States, who's never had a real job, right. He has never had a real job. Maybe he threw papers in Scranton. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he was a lifeguard in
1: Scranton. He, yeah. Okay. I was going to say he, he had that run in with Corn Pop that one time. Ed, that,
0: Corn Pop was a bad dude.
1: That's definitely on the resume.
0: But do you want these people running our economy? No. It's ridiculous. They can't run a hot dog stand, and we've given them the keys to running the economy. So stay out of the way. Um, Supply chain issue, okay? What are we going to do about that?
1: Well, we have to free up the the market to allow people to work and to transport goods. We have to end the vaccine mandates in so many of these industries. We have to stop. I mean, that's tied to inflation in many ways, too. All
0: roads go back to COVID, though.
1: Right, right. (laughs) That, that's tied to inflation you know uh, in many ways and um, but yeah we just have to stop injecting all of these policies that are that are hurting the economy and let the market work you know let it do what it does naturally
0: see exactly that's why you're so smart let the market do what the market does okay with some oversight from government but here's the problem the Democrats and the folks who are running things now believe that the government needs to be 80% involved. I think they need to be twenty percent involved, if that. Right. Okay. So that would solve the supply chain issue. Crime. Crime running out of control in the big cities. New York, Chicago. It's just it's terrible right now. Kansas City. I mean, we have a murder a day in Kansas City. Um is it my turn or your turn? I can't remember. It's your turn. <laughs> my turn. Crime. Back the cops. Give the cops what they need get the professional government people out of the way, bring in professional law enforcement folks, ask them what they need, get them what they need, and then get the hell out of the way. Yeah. And stop this turnstile of, you know, bringing people in who have committed a violent crime and they're back out on the street by this afternoon.
1: Well, so I was going to I was going to kind of go off on that because the crime thing specifically is just being caused by policy by, by the government. I mean, if you look at everything that's happening right now in regards to the law and law enforcement, first of all, there's the police. You have all of these moves to defund the police. You have moves to institute vaccine mandates in police departments, which are getting rid of a lot of the good cops that combined with the defund the police narrative and the actual defunding of the police, um, goes back to a letter that I, that I read on one of the episodes that you weren't here for. It was the episode I did with Johnny, you know, the good police are just leaving because of all this pressure. They They don't want to face the pressure. You know, they had, they're close enough to their pension, you know, and they're just going to retire or they'll, they'll move to a different department. And then we have very sinister policies. Like there was just last week in New York city. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but the, the DA of New York came out and had new guidance on um, punishment for crimes. And they're changing the definition of all these crimes. They're changing, uh, I believe, armed robbery. They change from a felony to a misdemeanor. And so armed robbery now basically can be punishable by a fine in New York City. We have San Francisco where they've essentially made robbery legal. The cops can't do anything. And right. it's not just San Francisco. It's other cities, too where people are just going into stores, stealing shit, and leaving. The cops can't do anything about it. The store clerks just sit there and watch. They can't do anything about it because nobody is taking crime seriously. I think part of that is is a racial narrative that they see the the racial makeup a lot of a lot of these crimes that are happening and they don't want to, you know, step on the, the third rail of racial politics. So they're just going to let these people get away with it. And then, you know, I have a personal story about this too. A good friend of mine who... Shall remain nameless, but uh, he'll be at my wedding on Saturday. He a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually, it was right after Thanksgiving. He got arrested for not wearing a mask at a clinic, and he has to go to court now. And he he could face, you know, he has to do community service, and he could face uh, if if worst case scenario, he could face prison time. But that's probably not going to happen. But his uh, bail. When he got charged, he got charged with trespassing because the cops had to come and forcibly remove him from the property. His bail was $1,500. The bail of the guy who ran over the people at the Waukesha, however you say that parade, Waukesha, Waukesha. He had previously been arrested for domestic assault and other, you know, violent crimes. And his bail, before he got released and then ran over a bunch of people with his car, was $1,000. So my friend, who didn't wear a mask in a clinic, had higher bail than a career criminal Crazy. who had beat the shit out of his girlfriend. Crazy.
0: Well, first of all, I mean, you misstated the story. It wasn't a man in Waukesha. It was an SUV that did all the
1: damage. Right. Yes, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. The SUV is what... Yeah. The SUV only had $1,000 bail and on my friend, no. <laughs> well... <laughs>
0: Uh, so so crime obviously is going on and and that's our solution for that uh the border is another area and that seems pretty simple too i mean the state of texas is kind of taking the bull by the balls there and and they're doing their own thing yeah
1: yeah for sure you got you want to take that one is it my turn well i just did build a wall <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, mean,
0: it really is. Stop incentivizing people to come here. Yeah, You know, I was watching uh, Blue Bloods from last week. We had a lot of stuff on our DVR. And one of the issues on Blue... Do you ever watch that with Tom Selleck? Never seen That's it. It's a really good show. I mean, they really need Tom Selleck as Frank Reagan, uh, as the actual police commissioner in New York, and you'd see a lot of this shit stop. Okay. And they were. it was a, an episode where there was a drug deal going down, and um, one of the people made the comment that, uh, the only way you're ever going to win the war on drugs is to stop the demand. Right. You're going to stop the demand. It's the same thing for Im- illegal immigration, not immigration. Don't don't muddy that up. It's not immigration. Immigration is you want to come to this country, there's a process to go through and you go through legal channels to do it. I don't know about your family, but I can trace my family back to people who actually did that. Okay? Illegal immigration is when you just walk into the country and hey, I'm here. Right. Give me a job. Give me my benefits.
1: Well, and in many ways, illegal immigrants are afforded more opportunity than legal immigrants because they're they don't have to pay to come in. They're given, you know, uh, welfare benefits. They're given housing and, and food and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, the incentive is there. As you mentioned, the incentive is there for people to come in illegally and, you and know if what you I mean? stop
0: that, if you stop that incentive, you're going to basically stop, you're going to make that a trickle of, of illegal immigration. And if you go after companies, and I, I don't know when this changed. The last time I got a new job was when I came to KFKF in 1995. Okay, so it's been a while since I got a new job. But there was an I-9 form that I had to fill out. Do they still do that? I haven't had to fill one out in a long time. Though. Why not? Why not? I mean that was pretty darn. I, I had my driver's license and my social security card right. to prove that I was a legal citizen. I was born here in 1963, but right. I had to prove when I got my new job through an I-9 form that I was a legal
1: resident of the country. Yeah. Why don't we have that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I'm sure different companies do it differently, but yeah, it's that was just that's a federal law. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know if it still is or not. I don't know the the status on that, but. It's certainly, you know, people should be uh, held accountable or punished or however you want to say it uh, across the board, you know, whether you're talking about the building the wall, whether you're talking about employers that hire illegals, you know, whether you're talking about cities that harbor illegals, this idea of the sanctuary city needs to go away um, because there is, you know, a federal supremacy clause in the constitution that states that federal law supersedes state and local law. And. All of these things. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. But basically, like you said, we just need to end the incentive and we need to secure the border. Those are the two main things.
0: And I think the the border wall, quite frankly, is a little silly. I mean, I I get the idea for it, but I think if you eliminate the incentives that are bringing people here, you eliminate the need for a border wall. We don't have a border wall with Canada. We're never going to have a border wall with Canada, right? Right. And essentially, if you uh, have a wall all the way across the southern border, What's to keep you from swimming up one way or the other?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the wall would work. I think that it's been shown to work both where it exists in America and then also in other places around the world. I mean, walls are effective. They, they do uh, prevent people from coming in. But it's one part of, a, of many, you know, in, in the overall strategy against illegal immigration. So certainly the idea that, oh, we just need to build a wall and then the problem will be solved. Is you know not uh, not accurate, but the other part of the other side of that is true, which is the way that we've been handling illegal immigration in in terms of policy over the past decade or more is well, let's deal with immigration reform, and then if we get immigration reform, then we'll build the wall as like an afterthought, yeah, and then we get the immigration reform, and then the wall never comes, right. so. That's, I think, why Trump really changed the the narrative where he just focused on the wall as like the paramount thing. And I think that's important. You know, border, border security is important.
0: All right. Well, those are our solutions. I think they kind of fall in line with what's going to happen in 298 days. We'll have to wait and see on that. Back a little bit closer to, to town, the clown car that is Jackson County, the, the government of Jackson County, with a very few uh, exceptions. One is a very dear friend of mine. Um, I I just, Frank White as the the executive, this is why elections have consequences, okay? Frank White got elected county executive not because of his vast experience running anything, unless we're talking about running from first base to second base. He did a lot of that as a member of the Royals. In fact, he made no qualms about it. When he ran for re-election, there was a big billboard with a baseball on it. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Big baseball. Frank White. (laughs) county executive and this is where we are. Yeah. Um and against a backdrop of this fact out there, there are nine people testing positive for covid every second now. Omicron is sweeping across this country. The the highest rates are on the east coast, so it's probably going to go east to west and it is sweeping through. Now the good news is with this variant, it's it's less lethal than the variant before, so maybe we're getting to a point where these waves and these uh, variants are going to be less and less and less until we get to herd immunity but like you said let's stop talking about it stop testing why are we testing nfl players for god's sake yeah they're in great shape there is no evidence
1: of any nfl player going to the hospital for covid right and there's also very strong evidence that you can't spread the the virus if you're not sick which has, you know, that was something, I mean, among the many lies that have been told by the public health establishment, that was one in the very beginning that, oh, you're going to spread it if you're asymptomatic. That's why we had this obsession with testing. And maybe that's true in some rare cases, but I think we just go back to how we've always operated. It's like, if you're sick, stay stay home. home. Or, yeah, I mean, you know, it's really not that complicated.
0: All right, before we get to Jackson County, Johnson County, uh, Kansas first. Masks are back in Roland Park, Mission, and Prairie Village. Very blue parts of Johnson County. And it's an emergency, Kurt. You know what that means? They're they're instituting it like two weeks from now. Tuesday. Tuesday. You were close. <laughs> it's an emergency, but we're not going to do it right now. We're going to do it Tuesday. A $25 fine. If you're not wearing a mask, and some council members have even gone on the record and say, "We know it's not enforceable, but we have to do something." Why I'm saying it like Karen? We have to do something.
1: I would just ask them why if they when they say that why why yeah. do why do you, right. why do you so, have to do anything
0: to Jackson County? And I'm going to name names here. Some on the on the legislature have tried to appoint a COVID czar. Have you heard about this? That sounds good. With sweeping powers. One person sweeping powers to shut things down wherever this person deems it necessary and quarantining people. Yeah. Sweeping powers. Okay. Crystal Williams is her name. She's one of the legislators, along with Jalen Anderson, who is from my town of Blue Springs. Uh, They brought this forward. And then guess what happened? Eric Schmidt, the attorney general of Missouri, said, if you do it, I'm going to sue you again. We're going to take you back to court. So in the uh, Kansas City um, uh, pamphlet, you can't really call it a newspaper anymore. Have you seen the thing? It's so sad. Yeah. It's like, I mean, my God, my price chopper circular is thicker than the Kansas City Star (laughs) these days. And you get better deals, too. You certainly do. (laughs) Okay, so Williams, who's leading the charge on this, and there are people behind the scenes who are pushing the buttons. There's a guy named Caleb who's behind the scenes in Jackson County, and he's the one who's pushing all these buttons to get all this power and control. Williams blames Attorney General Eric Schmidt. She says, quote, I lay this struggle at his nasty, venal feet. His unfettered ambition has brought my county to its knees when it comes to public health.
1: I would honestly, that is astounding. I would wear that as a badge of honor. If I was Eric Schmidt, I would put that in every single commercial <laughs> that I run from now until the next election.
0: I lay this struggle at his nasty venal feet.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's what, what rhetoric. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, legislature member, Tony Miller, who is a lawyer. Uh, I watched the the hearing on this that they had the other day. He brought up this little thing that we have called the constitution Right, he's a lawyer, and he said there are things in the Constitution like due process, and we can't just turn this over to somebody right. with no
1: recourse
0: for people.
1: Yeah, not even to like some kind of committee or uh, legislature or anything like that. To to one person, the czar, the COVID usually if czar. you see czar in like some a kind bad of idea proposal, yeah, it's
0: not a good yeah, idea. It's a bad idea. Um, the bill is dead for now. But but this is one of those things where Miller and Anderson, they keep, not Miller, um, Williams, Williams and Anderson, they keep, like, probing the fences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like um, Jurassic Park. I'm sure you've seen that movie, oh, yeah. right? The raptors. Dino DNA. The raptors in Jurassic Park, they kept testing the fences, mm-hmm. test the fence, test the fence. And that's what these folks are doing. They're trying to grab power. And, again, I get back to what I said all along elections have consequences when you keep voting for the same people you're going to get the same result
1: yep and people st- will still do it i mean that that's the thing like i was i was telling somebody about this earlier because we could get into all this but there was uh more developments that came out about fauci and and his uh funding and with nih funding with eco health alliance they knew from the DOJ and from other federal sources that they weren't allowed to fund gain-of-function research and they went behind their back and they funded gain-of-function research anyways at the Wuhan lab in China on back coronaviruses, you know, more than likely leading to the pandemic in my opinion. But I was telling, you know, a friend, Fauci could literally come out and be like, I started the virus. I have been lying to every one of you all this time just for money and power and People would still do it. People would still wear the mask. People would still yell at people for not getting the next booster. It's so beyond the pale at this point. Like Mm. they, you know, they're, they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're saying, look at this document. We want to give all of this power to one person to quarantine people, to institute new mandates for whatever reason they see fit. And nobody thinks twice about it. They're still going to vote for them.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what happens. By the way, your uh, Fauci sounds a little like your Trump today. Yeah, it's blending them together. Yeah, you got to watch that. Okay. Well, before we let you go here, one of the things I wanted to mention is that uh, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Troy Aikman is going into the brewery business. The Hall of Famer announcing he's co-founded a company that will sell a light beer called Eight. That was his number when he played for the Cowboys starting next month. Um, it's going to be in grocery stores and convenience stores, probably in Texas, but if it catches on, it probably won't because here we would have 15 for Patrick (laughs) Mahomes. I was just thinking, if Dale Carter's America, the podcast, had a signature drink, what might it be? What's your favorite drink? Well, you know, I'm a girly drinker. Right. So, And I know Mark Zarda, who's listening to this podcast, just rolled his eyes because he knows about my girly drink (laughs) deal. It's going to be uh, Malibu rum with pineapple juice and a little diet sprite to give it some fizz we'll call it big meat (laughs) so for those we'll call your drink big meat i'll come up with another name for my drink for those of you who made it all the way to the end of the podcast that is your homework assignment come up with a signature drink for uh, the podcast i like whiskey and gin and tonic you're a manly man yes Big meat, big meat, Kurt, and girly drinker, Dale. Uh, wish you well as, as we conclude another fun episode of Dale Carter's America.
2: The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to C at kfkf.com. Thanks for listening. Check back every week for new episodes.